0: This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. So, a few minutes before I started recording this introduction, I was trying to decide what episode I should bring you because I have a lot of different interviews recorded. And then I thought, well, Why don't we take a trip today to the one continent where there are no confirmed cases of COVID-19, and that is Antarctica. So today, I'm bringing you an interview I recorded with my new friends, Zach and Leah. They spent six months living and working down in Antarctica, so I had a ton of questions about what daily life is like down there, what the culture is like, how the travel experiences are on the frozen continent, how much you can get paid to work there, what types of positions they have. So yeah, I did my thing. I asked him a lot of questions. I recorded it. And now we're going to bring that interview to you today. And I've got a shout out as well to one of you beautiful souls in this community that brought me a little closer to home this week. So I want to say thanks for that. We've got all that and so much more happening right now so buckle up strap in grab a nice little beverage for yourself a beer a little hot tea maybe a a small espresso drink whatever whatever your poison is and let's take a trip together to antarctica thanks for being here and welcome to the zero to travel podcast my friend
1: You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to
0: achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now, your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks so much for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. Although, this situation, in this situation, we're not traveling. But hey, we're not going to stop talking travel because we gotta, we gotta keep the dreams alive, and that's what this show is all about. We're gonna travel again, and I'm gonna keep bringing you travel content because. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we keep talking about uh, something we love so much, something that we believe connects us to the world as a whole, makes the world a better place, all the good things that you love about travel. And that's what we're here to do. I'm here to serve you, sir or madam, as I twirl my finger and bow before you, which is what I'm doing right now, even though you can't see me. We've got an awesome show today. I was so excited when Zach and Leah emailed me because... I had not done a show on Antarctica and what life was like down there. I knew it was a unique place to visit. The closest I got uh, in my life was uh, visiting Ushuaia in Argentina. Never tried to jump on a boat over there. I heard they were very expensive and I didn't really go out of my way to kind of figure out how to get there cheaply. But they did. And I wanted to talk to them so I could bring some of that good, juicy travel information to you. Yes, they got jobs down there and they found a way to go to one of those more expensive continents to visit, maybe the most expensive continent to visit for free. Now, I should let you know this whole interview was recorded before the coronavirus pandemic hit, which is interesting because we talked about how living down there somewhat in isolation can affect your mindset. And they also get into their lifestyle without technology. The internet, I guess, isn't so hot there. So we dove a little deep on what it's like to just exist without social media and without using the smartphones too much. So a lot of different topics covered in this conversation. I know you're going to love it. All right. Let's get into the interview. Stick around on the other side. I'm gonna give a shout out to somebody in the community that brought my heart right home as soon as I got this email and you'll hear why at the end. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll wrap up the Antarctica discussion. I'll leave you with a little quote, all the good stuff. So stick around for that. Please enjoy my chat with Zach and Leah and I will see you on the other side, my friend. Well, uh, I should do a little intro for you guys. I'm excited to welcome my new friends, Zach and Leah, to the show. They just spent six months living in Antarctica. Is that right? Uh, Five
2: months. Five Five months.
0: Five months living in Antarctica. And they're here to share what the experience was like, some of the different ways we can travel to the frozen continent without busting our budgets, why they left their jobs to travel, and how they prep for life on the road. And I'm sure loads more. And you can check them out at Peregrine Nation com and you guys have a vlog that's kind of like the main thing right
1: yes yes we are video people and so we love doing the vlog it originally started for my grandmother and now it's spread to a lot of our friends and family are watching it and people we don't even know so it's been nice. really fun
0: yeah w- your grandmother first that's a that's a new one it's she's she's on the youtube <laughs> huh uh,
1: we're, we're trying it's, it's more like my aunt has to like get her to, to watch it because she's not really good at her device <laughs>
0: yeah yeah no worries well um that's great and uh we have a lot to talk about i mean you guys wrote me an email a while back and these names might sound familiar because i give you guys a shout out in our sailing around the world podcast and one of the things that you've done or many things that you've done since leaving texas in february 2019 you've been to 20 countries and five continents and you've been to all fifty u s states and now you're traveling to seven continents, so you can follow all that on the vlog, which by the way is uh you guys are doing a great job with that. I was watching one of the the Antarctica episodes. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot to dig into here, and of course, I mean one of the main objectives of this show is is gonna be getting tips for getting to antarctica in a in a budget friendly way or you know. At least we're not going to spend like our life savings getting there. Uh, at least get some ideas. I, I want to hear what that experience was all about. But you know, I got to start by asking about the whole job situation and why you guys decided to travel. Because, well, first of all, are you guys a married couple, or what's what's going
1: on here?
2: We have just been together. We're not <laughs> married. Um, we're just partnership here we we have been yeah (laughs) we've been dating
1: for seven years she's from maryland i'm from texas we met in washington state on a seasonal job Mm -hmm. in olympic national park and she was like do you want to do this and i was like of course and here we are seven years later
0: (laughs) wait what do you mean do you want to do this what like you uh, at that point you moved somewhere together or (laughs)
1: Oh man, okay, so we went to Vancouver on a trip at the end of the season and we had been, we knew each other for two months and she, uh, she was really pressing me. Do you want to do this in the future, or was this a summer fling, just like the movie Footloose? No. And is, is, does this end at the end of the summer, or are we going to do this in the future? And we're on the boat on the way back from Vancouver on the Seattle ferry, and Frank Sinatra was playing, and I was like, "How can I not say yes?" And so I said yes, and history was made.
2: I tricked him, really, <laughs> being my boyfriend.
1: It was the Footloose
2: reference
0: that really reeled yeah. it in, I'm sure. I yeah. was like, wow, she knows Footloose too and loves it.
2: Yeah. I, was, I was expecting a lot more dancing out of this relationship. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right, we're not going to make you do the Kevin Bacon thing that he does. So don't <laughs> worry. You. Uh, if you want to do it on your vlog or whatever, go ahead. I'll watch it. Oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> so you guys were working in the National Park. What were you doing there?
1: She was a manager and she had an internship for um Airmark as a company. And then I was just working in the kitchen at uh Hurricane Ridge, which was the number one visited tourist site at the time in the state of Washington.
2: Yeah, okay. so we were just there. In the summer. Yeah. Um, so we it was
0: met like a, just an interesting summer gig kind of, like just to get you out of your home state or where you were living and do something different.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I like to travel and so did she. And we were both on different ventures. I went with my best friend to Washington and she went by herself. And it was just to make enough money in the summer to sustain us for the um, two semesters of school before we went back and did it again in the summer.
2: Yep. So we did long distance for like two years. He was in Texas and I was in Maryland. And then we went back to Washington State the next summer, to spend more time together. And then after I graduated from college, I moved down to Texas and we kind of started that whole nine to five Um, regular job type of lifestyle that a lot of people get sucked into right after college. Um, And then, you know, We switched it up from there.
1: (laughs) Well, she didn't like her job. I loved my job. I had an amazing job at a marketing firm, and it was my dream job. And she came to me one day and was like, I don't want to live the suburban lifestyle. And I was like, oh, oh gosh, what's next? And so we looked into different places we could move, maybe, across the United States. And then we realized that we like to travel a lot and then looked at our finances, and 20% of our income was spent on travel every year. And we were like, oh, this is like something we're really passionate about. What if we just save up for the next year and then go on this huge vacation and see where that takes us? And we were halfway through it and we were like, we don't want this to end. How can we keep going? And we already had this goal of getting to all seven continents. And so we were like, how do you get to Antarctica? And we started looking at jobs down in Antarctica and we found out that we could apply. And so we did. We went through a long application process, which took three months. And then we got accepted and decided that was going to be our next venture was to go work in Antarctica and not go back to the nine to five lifestyle.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm going to have to rewind a little bit. So (laughs) the first thing is I'm going back to the long distance relationship thing because I just had a thought about this because I was I've been thinking about this recently because I've been in some of these throughout my life. And I wonder if this was a consequence of just because I was traveling and that's just the way it was, or if subconsciously, because I love travel so much it was like, well, if I date somebody that's not here, then I can like still travel and do my thing. But then I can also travel to see them. And it's just more travel, right? <laughs> <Exactly>. like, <laughs> yes. So you guys were yes. traveling back and forth between Maryland and Texas for two years?
1: Yes. For, yeah, for two years, we saw each other every other month. And then at um, Christmas, and then during the summer, we would go on a uh, big vacation Um, together, whether that was East Coast or the the Western part of the United States. And that was how we kept in contact.
2: Yeah, but a lot of um, like beginnings of our relationship were really devoted to traveling together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we were kind of brought together um, is because we both understood that this is what we like to do. And we did it well together also, which is really important. Yes.
0: Yeah, it makes a huge difference when you have uh, the shared values when it comes to travel. I mean, at least I think, I know, Obviously, everybody has different things about a relationship that they like. And I, I know buddies that have uh, a opposites attract type of situation, you know, where it's like they, they like completely different things and that works for them. But I, I kind of like to share my travel experiences. I like to have the solo experiences, but it's
1: also nice to have
0: to be with somebody that actually enjoys traveling in the same way that I do. You know,
1: it's kind of nice.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, the,
1: the same here. And it's so nice to go through stressful situations, whether that's getting on a train in Bulgaria or a plane in Thailand, and missing things, and just you know, you're hangry and tired, and circumstances are abnormal to what they would be in um, nine to five life. And it's so nice to rely on your partner and get through those hard times together over and over again.
0: You know, would you guys mind cutting together a hangry episode where it's just clips of you guys <laughs> in various hangry stages? <laughs> oh God,
1: there are so Honestly, many. <laughs>
2: That would, that would just be a mashup
1: of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. In
2: stages, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, we all we can all get a little hangry sometimes. That <laughs> could that should maybe be a whole other separate podcast episode. Like, you know, yeah. I was ha- I was hangry then this happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Okay. So, Leah, you had a job that you weren't super keen on, right? At, at the time, but Zach, you had. You had something that you said was your dream job. I mean, what what was it about it that was such a dream job for you? And I just want to learn a little bit more about that because I want to understand better how you were able to detach from that. Because it's, it's easy to say, okay, well, I'm going to quit my job and travel if you hate your job, but not as easy when it's something that you actually like and you think you're working towards something that you really, really want.
1: Yes, yes. When I was little, I used to watch the um, Super Bowl commercials and get really excited to see what the different marketing brands were going to put out. And then I like every eight year old old kid,
0: right? Exactly. (laughs) You know, (laughs) oh, how can
1: this Cheetos commercial be different this year? (laughs) 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 And then that just continued into billboards. And then when social media started started having advertising, I really looked at. All those advertisements, and they just excited me. And the thought of working with a bunch of different brands and creating different things every day was really exciting. So when I went to university, I started in business school, and then I decided I wanted to be in marketing. And when I graduated, I got to work for a startup in downtown Dallas. And so I got to dress up every day and go in and think of different concepts for different small businesses and really create um, all digital media. And every day was different. And the staff that I worked with was amazing. And the fact that it was a startup just made it even more fun because the sky was a limit. And every day was just a new adventure. And I loved it. And so I got home and hearing Leah saying I did the same thing every day was was like, oh, no, you know, because my days were all very different. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was hard because he would be coming home so happy. And I would just be like, oh, man, I wish my job was like that.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. What kind of? convinced you to leave i mean i'm sure it was just it wasn't just that leah wanted to go right i mean it, so- it sounds like I mean, you guys obviously came to this decision together but you know was there any hesitation for leaving that oh, there was, clear there was, behind yes
1: okay yes there was a lot of hesitation um For some reason in the back of my mind, I was always looking at my 401k, and income coming in was going to help me when I was older. And I just kept thinking that way. And then basically, I talked to some of my friends at work, and they were like, hey, we're going to be here when you get back. And so the original vision for the trip was to only go on the road for eight months. And it was going to be this eight-month life journey, and I was going to discover so many things about me and Leah. And that happened. And it just kept going. And so when, when I got back to Texas, my friends were like, hey, are you going to come back to the company? And I was like, unfortunately, I'm going to keep traveling. Sorry, guys, but I'm having way too much fun. So when I left, it was going to be a temporary thing. And then I just fell in love with what I was doing.
2: So yeah, he, found, he jumped from one love to the next love, which <laughs> is also I'm very jealous. of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Lee, I mean, how was it for you? I mean, getting out of that situation and then getting out on the road for those eight months. How did you feel at that time on, uh, during that first trip? I mean, I know probably in the beginning, you guys weren't thinking too much about, hey, what are we going to do after this? But I'm sure those conversations came later. But what was that uh, chunk of time like for you?
2: Well, it, I mean, the the trip itself was amazing. But transitioning from what I was doing, which was really like not a nine to five, but like a 6 a.m. to 5 p.m., making good money, but and using my degree, which is rare these days, but also coming home with a sense of like, wow, I didn't see the sun today. And that makes me very sad. Um, And I feel like I could be doing more exciting things with my everyday. Um, So we had saved up for an, an entire year, like Zach said. Um, and so when it was time to go on our trip, I mean, I, I was like filled with emotions because I had just, um, you know, resigned from my job and we had gotten rid of all of our possessions. We'd gotten rid of our apartment. I drove my car back to Maryland um, to my my parents' house from Texas. So, like, we had nothing in Texas except for Zach's parents. And it was just such a, like, a freeing feeling um, switching and transitioning from this very, like, you know, normal in quotes, normal lifestyle of getting up, going to work, having all of your possessions, coming home, you know, going to the grocery store, cooking your own meals, that kind of rat race, if you will, to transition to just complete freedom was so unique and something I don't think I've ever experienced before. And so I was so excited to go on the trip. Um, And it was just fantastic. And every day was a brand new adventure. Every day we woke up, we had to face new, you know, new fears and things, you know, like things you just can't plan for. So I was, I don't know. It was great. I loved it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny you were using the word normal because in your original email, I think I might have said it in the shop, but you had some nice things to say about the podcast and you just said something like, when you hear other people's stories, essentially how they quit their jobs and hit the road, it made everything sound normal. So it's like you almost create, just by you guys being here and sharing your experience and just whoever's listening to this now, it's like, you can recreate like a new normal for yourself, right? Like the things that might seem abnormal or weird now, like now it's normal for you guys to just live on the road that's normal. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And when I remember listening to your podcast in 2015 and driving down the road to the job at the time, I didn't necessarily like, and just being like, how are these lives attainable? You know, is it, how difficult is it to get there? And then I'm literally a product of what you're saying now, whoever's listening, thinking, is, is this possible? Can I do something like this? Yes, you can. You have to try a little bit harder than most people, but you can definitely make it work.
0: I would like to hear some specific tips, if you guys have them for that transitional period of saying, okay, even if you're just going to do like a chunk of time on the road, like you guys said, originally, you're going to do eight months, but now it's turned into this nomadic lifestyle now. But even if you're just kind of prepping for whatever, like a summer trip or, or more of an extended trip, that's like six months to a year, whatever the case is, I know everybody travels different, budgets are different and things like that. But if you guys have any specific tips to share, some things you learned about prepping for uh, life on the road for an extended period of time. I'd love to hear them.
1: Yes. Yes. We realized very early on that we are not the most budget friendly travelers. We, we weren't into um, couch surfing or necessarily even hostels and that through using uh, booking.com and Agoda and Airbnb, we were all, always able to find cheaper accommodations and our daily budget was about $40 a day. And then with flights and buses, we tried to make it average out for the eight months, $75 a day. And I'm proud to say that it averaged out to be $75.11 a day over those eight months. So we successfully worked on $75 a day.
2: Yeah, I mean, and just a general tip, like for instance, we are on an extreme budget, I feel, for um, anybody who's trying to literally travel around the the world Mm -hmm. these days. Um, But saving your money, Is so important before the trip, Mm -hmm. just in case you get into like a sticky situation where you know that you like, you immediately have to come home for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. or you know, something happens back home and you need to get there right away. You Mm -hmm. have money to spare to get you home, or you know, for any reason that you might have um, an unexpected expense. But saving your money is just so important. And these days, I feel like a lot of young people get really caught up in with the I want, I need you know, what material possessions can I own? What's the newest thing out there? What can I blow my money on? Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're like, if you are truly considering selling everything or, you know, maybe not selling everything, but going on an extended period of time, like a long trip, um, saving and not spending all your money on meals and the new gadget and whatnot. The is, new iPhone. Yeah it's, yeah. it's so important to really like budget yourself mm-hmm. appropriately for the amount of time that you're going to be on the road and for what kind of lifestyle you want to have while you're on the road. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think I still have an iPhone six or something
1: yay You're I'm those, about, yes we have so many travelers that are just like 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 you and like us it's like why do we need the new one this works we can still travel <laughs> I,
0: I don't know how far behind i am at this point but I'm I'm, I'm I'm far enough behind where they they're like not updating the phone anymore now it's getting to be a problem because they're not updating apps for this phone so um mm-hmm. whatever but all right so, so yeah savings key what Let's talk about saving for a minute. If there were any things that you guys did specifically, and you mentioned not blowing your money on this, that, or the other, new gadget, but um, were there other specific things you did or did you have to change your lifestyle a ton to
1: make it happen?
0: Just giving people a little insight on what it took for you guys to kind of make those adjustments and save more.
1: Um, Yes, it was difficult. I mean, we had a year plan to save and I would say the hardest part was to not travel. Um, that sounds funny, but we, we normally spent 20% of our income on travel and we got it down to 8%, but that was still a lot. And basically that entire year, we didn't buy any new clothes. We went from eating out probably four times a month to none. We ate in a lot and decreased our grocery bill a lot. We didn't eat salmon anymore; we had a lot of noodles <laughs> instead. Um, random, yeah. random things like that, and uh, not going on trips was a big one for us because we just had to keep telling ourselves that we were going to be very rewarded. Keep if your we eye on the it. prize, right? exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: I know when we are looking at those flights to so like, oh, there's a special, you know, like yeah. there's a great deal going hundred to dollars to Paris, or, yeah. yeah, or whatever. Just
1: like, why can't we go? <laughs> we Whoa, <laughs> we wait, wait, like, wait, wait,
2: wait. <laughs> Let's, you know, backpedal, backpedal. Mm -hmm. We have to save our money. We're going on an amazing adventure. It's all going to be worth it in the end. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, man, it's a great way to to think about it i mean right now i don't know why i'm getting the eye of the tiger rocky like montage going on my head (laughs) with you guys like eating noodles or like eating in while your friends are out and doing all these things oh my gosh
1: not going out with your friends was the hardest part because everyone is asking you know every weekend it's it's a three times a, a week thing you know are we going on tuesday friday and saturday are we going out are we going out and it's just like no, no, no. Leave us alone. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're addicted to Netflix is our yeah. new excuse. It's like anything we can answer yeah.
0: at Well, it is a tricky balance because, I mean, we, and we can always preface these conversations with, you know, first world problems, right? It's like we're, yeah. we're fortunate that we can travel. And that's, that's given for every podcast ever. So don't write me any emails about this because <laughs> just take that, uh, that. That's already given. But you're wanting to enjoy your daily life in the moment, but you're also, you know, saving for something bigger and a lifestyle, a big lifestyle change, which is key, too. So it can be a tricky balance, I think.
1: Yes. Yes. It's it's not easy.
2: No. I mean, it was so worth it in the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. So now your friends are like, well, I guess you can't go out with us because you're... Often New Zealand. Yeah, Can't they're, they're DMing form.
1: me on Instagram like, When's, when are you going to come home? And I'm like, never, I'm sorry. <laughs> they're, they're like, they're
0: like, like oh, they're that's gonna... why you weren't going. You, you actually were <laughs> working towards something. Okay.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can get a lot of pressure from different places. Well, before we get into, you know, some of the places you guys have been on your trips, and then I want to hear about how you sort of figured out how to extend that eight-month period. How did your parents and your friends react to this? Did you guys get support for like leaving your jobs and all that, or were people like... Dude, what are you guys doing? Ugh.
1: I mean, we were. I was really nervous actually to tell my family. Um, I think the Why hardest is that? part are they like for, just
0: conservative background then it type became of real. traditional. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Well, they they were they were t- they taught me how to travel basically. So my my family was taking me on the road when I was. I mean, I went to Hawaii when I was like eight years old, and I fell in love with travel. And so I was used to that. But as far as like. We expect you to go to college, and then once you're done with that, you got to have this nine to five job for you know a while before you switch careers. And it was like this this unknown pressure that I didn't know if I could. Uh, I, I'm also the first child, so I didn't know if I could sway from that. And so I was nervous to ask him one, if they you know were gonna be upset about that, and two because then our trip became real, and I couldn't back out. And so it was like becoming real for me and then also becoming real for them. And I asked them and they responded with confusion and how is this going to work? And so basically I said, well, we're just moving to Thailand for six months. And everyone seemed to understand that. And my coworkers are probably the hardest people to ask. Because like I said, we had a um, very good chemistry. And they were like, why? You know, it was kind of like a a bad breakup. And um, I told them about three months before we actually left. and, And every day was not not really the same after that. So that was probably the hardest part was was losing that that creative space and uh, having to really fight for those coworkers to you know um hang out with me and yeah, it was yeah, understand. Yeah. It's it's hard cuz they were setting their ways and we had such a good thing going and because it was a startup it was so small. So uh, but like I said, they still DM me to this day and um we are friends yeah. and it's it's all good now. It was just hard for them to understand at the beginning.
2: So I think Saying like, hey, we're moving to Thailand for three months or six months or whatever it was, was kind of like them realizing, oh, you're going to be gone for a long time, mm-hmm. but you're going to stay in one spot. And I think that was an easier kind of way to introduce us leaving and going on this huge journey because when we did leave then they realized oh you're you're jumping around a Mm -hmm. lot you're like filming everything that you do and you're posting it online that's Mm -hmm. crazy (laughs) we're able to actually follow you now through your entire journey and this is actually like something that we would want to do or we just find more accepting now
1: yeah and go to those destinations that we went to that they wouldn't ever look at right yes
2: open their eyes to a lot of different places Mm -hmm. that are safe and affordable yes
0: and since the original eight months was supposed to be the only trip that you guys were taking, how did you work together to compromise destinations? Because especially if you'd saved up all your money and you spent a year and made these sacrifices to save, and now you're like, all right, well, I want to go. I, this is my bucket list. This is my bucket list. Um, and now, you know, and this, uh, this advice can apply, I'm sure, to any couples or friends or... I mean, anytime you're traveling with somebody, you got to make some concessions, right? Did you guys kind of battle it out there or were you pretty much on the same page?
2: <laughs> well, at first, we the first step for us was buying our plane ticket to Thailand. So we knew we were going to Thailand um, and we were on a budget. So we we got a pretty good deal. And so then that just kind of like set the course. You know, we're in Southeast Asia. Let's go to as many Southeast Asian countries as possible and I think we we didn't really talk about it too much. It just kind of was like an understood, like, oh, we're going to Southeast Asia. We should see as much as possible. Okay, yeah, just more going um, to, like,
0: an area of the world, and we're like, we're going to check this out now.
2: Right. Yes. And then um, Zach's little sister, Caroline, who is in college right now, she showed interest in Indonesia and going to Bali. And so we were like, oh, okay, but, you know, like, we should go to Bali. We should, you know, see her in Bali on her spring break trip. And so we met her there in Bali. And so... It just kind of happened very smoothly where we all of a sudden, like we were in one country and then we figured something out about a different country nearby and like it just kind of flowed from there. Like we were like, okay, we're in Thailand. Now we should probably go to Vietnam. So we went to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. No, we should probably go check out Angkor Wat. So then we were in Cambodia and we just kind of jumped around um, knowing that eventually we would want to switch continents. Um, And so it took like about, we were in Southeast Asia for about three months. And then we realized, okay, we've seen as much of Southeast Asia as we think we want to right now, um, considering our time constraint and our budget. So let's move to another cheap area, Eastern Europe. uh And so, I don't know, we just kind of jumped around and we didn't, I don't think either of us had, you know, a certain map of what we wanted to do. It just kind of happened. And I think it's probably because we've, We've been together for such a long time, and we're both kind of agreeable people. Um, and we, but we, d- we both definitely had like things on our list that we definitely wanted to see. So, like, I definitely wanted to go see Greece. So, Zach allotted two whole weeks to Greece, which was more time than we had spent in a single country. And so, we were like, you know, Gee, twist his arm, to Leah.
0: Tough. Right? Yeah, He's go know, spend right? Two this weeks so- in Greece. What a sacrifice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: exactly i know <laughs> poor zach <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's but awesome yeah,
2: was, yeah i think we just kind of talked about it like what do you want to see what do i want to see what are we willing to spend a lot of money on what are we not willing to spend a lot of money on and we just kind of flowed from there we didn't really have a plan a set plan before we left but um yeah it just kind of it the, the trip planned itself,
1: <laughs> yes it's it's kind of looking for flights and then realizing that there's a lot to do in the region, and so when once you book that flight, then you're like, Oh, we can actually stay in this area for a, at least a month,
0: right well, I think the more open you are to the more flexible you can be with your budget. you're like, all right, I have this set budget if you're if you're traveling in that way, so hey, maybe this plane takes a little more expensive, but we can do this one and we're, we're equally interested in these places, that, that some of those decisions can be made for you, too, in some ways. I would love if each of you could name maybe one or two places that were sort of like an unexpected surprise.
1: I had always wanted to go to China and Vietnam, and I don't know why, but I maybe because they were communist countries in the past and maybe present, But I was like, I'm never going to be able to go there. And just um, hearing lots of stories from my dad and about his travels to Japan, and I was like, maybe... Maybe it's not going to happen. And then when I realized that we could go to both those countries, I was elated. And we ended up spending over two weeks in each of them. And those were two of my favorite countries. Vietnam, because it was definitely off the beaten path. And then China, we spent a lot of time in the Yunnan region in the southwest by the Himalayas. And it was really nice to get out of the city and explore a lot of small villages and have some great food. And it was uh, an experience that was unlike any other because we didn't see any travelers. We didn't see anyone that looked like us for over two weeks in China. And it was a very immersive experience. And because you can't use Facebook or Google or YouTube when you're there, unless you have a VPN, then uh, you're kind of cut off from the world. So it was a real travel experience where we had to depend on locals and Google Maps didn't really work anymore. And we couldn't have any connection with the outside world. And we were just submerged in this new culture.
2: Yeah, that was a really good experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, I think nowadays you can so much rely on your mobile phone, and there we couldn't. So it was like a completely different type of traveling than what we had been doing mm-hmm. for, I don't know, two months before China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really cool.
1: And then your favorite was?
2: Um, I don't know. I think probably I, was, I wasn't I was expecting to love Romania as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had gotten to Eastern Europe, and we had spent time in Greece, which was wonderful, but I expected Greece to be wonderful. It was. <laughs> Um, but then we got to Romania and it was just so interesting. There's some, like, there's such a gypsy culture there that I didn't actually think was real. And then I realized that Transylvania was an actual place. (laughs) Like I had no idea. I thought this was like a made up land that, you know, where vampires existed and to, to actually travel there and just to see all the architecture and get fully immersed in the food and just. Going from like little town to little town that have beautiful castles, and every single one, it was just the most wild experience because I had no idea. You know, I had no expectations going into Romania, and then I left with just like an absolute like love for it. I loved it so much, and I would recommend anyone to go to Romania. It's a very inexpensive place to go, it is absolutely beautiful. The people are so nice, and there's like literally hundreds of castles that you can go see. And it's just the coolest place.
0: There's a Romanian woman I see almost every day during the week. She works at the daycare area where my kids go. And she's so friendly and nice. And we're always chatting. Yeah, it's really made me want to visit Romania because I've just learned more about the country. And uh, it sounds like a great great place to go. Thanks you for sharing that. Yeah. All right. So how did you guys figure out financially how to extend beyond the eight months? I think that's going to be a burning question for some people. And then we're going to get into Antarctica and what you guys are doing now and everything. From a mindset perspective, it's like, all right, we're having fun traveling. Yeah, let's keep doing this. But the reality of the finances is, I'm, I'm sure, a part of the decision. Yes. Did you guys save up that much money where you keep going? Or have you figured something else out?
2: So after the eight months, we had pretty much come to a $0 amount. We were pretty much out of money. But we, we expected that. Um, and so when we got back to the United States, I mean, like the whole time we were traveling, we were expecting us just to kind of like get back into the workforce and make more money and it's like it never really happened. You know, we never we would never bottom out. But um we kind of did and we had set ourselves up for success while we were on the road. So back in March of 2019, we had applied for the Antarctica positions. So we it was kind of like a fallback plan almost. You know, if we didn't get it, fine, we would go back into the workforce, we'd make money somehow. Um, and if we did get it wonderful, you know, like we would be getting back to the United States around the time where you would have to start getting ready to go to Antarctica to deploy for your job. So we had kind of set ourselves up for success in that way where we had an option or, um, you know, an option to keep traveling in the way we wanted to, or a different way, really. Your, your plan A and plan B experience.
0: kind of set. Yeah. Yes,
2: Exactly. Yeah. So um so yeah, that was that was kind of the answer. Either go back or keep going on to a different adventure.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about Antarctica and the different ways to get there. I mean, I know you guys have a mission to travel to all seven continents, and that's always the toughest one for most people, just because of the expense. Oh yeah, I'm sure mm-hmm. you dug into some research and learned some things. Sounds like Zach, you're you're a numbers guy. It sounds like you got all the percentages <laughs> yes. down. So yes. I'm I'm imagining you probably have some numbers around this. I, I guess when you guys were researching the job, I mean, let's talk about. I'd love for some some advice for people on how they can. The, just the different options of ways you can get to Antarctica.
1: Yes. And so if you're a millionaire, there are many ways, but if you're like most people who aren't, um, there's only a couple of ways. So let's talk about the millionaire ones first. There are about 12 different cruise lines that have two-week cruises down to the continent. They start at $5,000 and go all the way up to $80,000. You can also fly into the South Pole, so you never actually have to get on a ship and go across um, the passage in between South America and Antarctica, which is home of the roughest seas. You can just bypass that and fly straight to the South Pole. And that's going to run you at least $8,000 as well. And so if you don't want to spend any money, which is what we did and went for free, you can sign up for a science support contract. There are many different contractors with um, the U.S. government, and they hire a plethora of different positions from working in the kitchen to being a machine operator to even being a scientist or a science supporter. And, um, that is the road we took. And so we paid $0 to fly from Texas to New Zealand and then to Antarctica and live there for five months. And then they flew us back for free as well.
2: So we spent $0, but we did spend five months of our life doing this. So there's there's give and take to it, but we decided we really wanted to do it.
0: All right. So where would people find different positions and where, where would they Um, apply?
1: Yes, because there are so many different contractors, if you just Google jobs in Antarctica, there are only two websites, and they can take you to all of the different um, contractors, and there's only about four different places you can apply um, on those websites. And then the application goes through to multiple different people, and there are about 1,000 people on station in the summer, and so your best bet is to work there from October until February – and then you can also sign up for the winter, but it goes down to 300 um, people as a population. And if you do the winter one, you have to take a psychology test to make sure you're going to be fit for spending eight months in the darkness.
2: Yeah. So it's a, there's a long <laughs> process to all of it. But yeah, you can find literally all of it online. If you just look, like, look up jobs in Antarctica, it'll take you right to the website where you can apply directly to specific jobs. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And what, what did you guys end up doing there?
1: We ended up working in the kitchen. And so we were part of the galley team. Our official position was uh, steward. And so we facilitated how the food um, flowed and restocking different items in the cafeteria that services um, the thousand people at McMurdo Station, which is the biggest base. And then from there, um, people go to the field camps, um, different countries come through there. And so it's, it's one of the most happening places on the continent.
2: We, yeah, so we pretty much, we worked a lot in the kitchen. We worked in the the galley, they call it. It's pretty much this huge cafeteria mm-hmm. that, you know, a thousand people are coming through every single meal period. In the summer. And um, we washed a lot of dishes and we restocked a lot of food and just made sure that people had what they needed, um, you know.
1: Before they got on their flight to the field camp or on their helicopter for the day or on their dune buggy out to see the seals. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, all right. So what do you get paid for a position like that? And what are the living expenses? Are you able to just save all your money because you live there for free? How does that all work?
1: Yes. Uh, all living expenses are free and we you're paid per week. And so we got paid 500 and I think $20 a week. And all your expenses are paid for, as I said before, uh, food, transportation, accommodation, even your flight down there. And so if you did it like we did, you net zero because even laundry detergent is paid for. And so we didn't spend any money. I think we spent $100 total in the five months we were down there.
2: Right. And I mean, we didn't get we didn't get paid a lot because we were probably like the bottom tier employees. Like <laughs> we don't have skills driving yes. heavy machinery mm-hmm. in the snow or flying a helicopter, flying a helicopter yes. or anything like that. So we pretty much applied to like the very bottom of the bottom jobs that are very necessary in a place like that. Um, but they, they don't get paid all that much. But, Again, worth it. Because Just there are to no, down expenses, there, yeah. right? no expenses. Yeah. No expenses. A lot of people could save food. more
1: money down there than they could in the real world where that there are a so lot of distractions.
2: True. I think we did mm-hmm. actually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you're getting three meals a day even if you're not working on those particular exactly. days. Mm-hmm. How many hours are you working mm-hmm. a week roughly?
1: Oh gosh. That's, that's, the, that's the big question. Um, so everyone works six days a week for... 10 hours a day. Everyone only gets one day off. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's just like once you get to the continent, we are here for science and that is why we exist. And so it's just, everyone is going as fast as possible to get as many tasks done.
2: Yep. It's a, it's it's hard work too. And then the continent itself takes a toll on your body Mm -hmm. because people kept on saying this on the plane that like, Oh, like you're going to use so much lotion. Your body's going to be so dry. You're Mm going to, you're not going to realize how fatigued you are Mm -hmm. until you actually experience it. And they were right. Like I, I was like, Oh we're tough. We've been traveling for eight months, you know, like we're grizzled. Yes. But when we got down there, you you <laughs> just succumb to like the environment and you your skin dries out and, and random parts fat- of your body yeah, you start become hurting. Fatigued. It's it's kind of crazy. <laughs> and not to mention that the sun is in the sky twenty four hours a day in the summer for four months straight. Mm-hmm. So there's no darkness either. So your your sleep schedule kind of gets off, mm-hmm. um, and so it's just it's an interesting place. But you're working really hard while you're down there because the only reason we're down there is for science to happen. Yes, and everybody is also motivated by that. Yes. Sometimes it's, it's it was easy to get blinded to the fact that you're down there for a higher you know bigger purpose mm-hmm. than yourself. But at the end of the day, like so much science comes out of Antarctica from McMurdo Station that it's just it's kind of inspiring.
0: Yes, it really is. Yeah, talk a little more about the experience. I mean, was it... Did you guys enjoy it in the end? Was it... I mean, you mentioned hard heart your body and things like that, some of the tougher things. I mean, just overall, as you reflect on it, how long have you been off Antarctica now?
1: We have been back for 20 days.
0: Okay, so yeah. it's still pretty fresh, but also you've been gone yes. long enough to have some reflection. I mean, what... Was it worth
1: it? Did you did you like it? Was it just, uh, what did you learn about yourself? All that um, yeah, I mean, when before we went down there, like most of our friends, we geared up with books and uh, game consoles and different art projects that we were going to start. I was going to write a book because you go down there thinking that you're going to be in solitary confinement, basically. <laughs> oh, you're going to have so much time. Gonna, <laughs> right. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And uh, you get there and you start to realize you have zero time. Um, and so, like you said, you get to know people very well and you we work with people, all three meals are eaten with your friends because you're in the cafeteria and there's no other place to eat at. Um, and then when that's over, there are crazy amount of events. I mean, there's basketball, basketball meets like three times a week. There's a whole basketball gym down there. There's rock climbing. There's a, a bicycle club. There's a craft room club. There's you a can marathon. Write. Yeah. There's a marathon there are karaoke nights, the bars are open, there are two bars down there, and as a matter of fact, the bars are open um, six days a week, and you are just basically socializing all the time. And then when you go back to your room, you also have roommates, and so you're gonna socialize with those people. So it is the opposite of being by yourself. I didn't know I was an introvert until I got to Antarctica, and I realized, <laughs> whoa, there's a lot going on here. But with that being said, as fatigued as we were, I was finding myself getting less sleep, like five hours a night instead of eight, because I enjoyed hanging out with people so much. And so going down there thinking I was gonna write a book and really just immerse myself in figuring out who I was, I left with a better understanding of science and um, how other people work. And it was really interesting to go through these weird experiences that weren't necessarily able to happen anywhere else, because unlike current days, Modern day times, when you sit at the table and most people on their phone, phones don't work in Antarctica. And so when you sit at the table and it's been an hour, you've been talking to your friends the entire time. There are zero distractions. You're not getting any updates from sports or Facebook or texts from your mother. You're just with each other. And it was really cool to make lifelong friends in a very short amount of time and learn a lot um, about what we did. That being said, five months was a long time. I think three months would have been the, the perfect amount. But after that third month, um, we'd already done all the hikes. We went on our snowmobile trip. We camped in, in the, on the ice shelf. And uh, we had seen our penguins, you know. And so we were kind of ready to call it quits. But like Leah said, the science really motivates you to keep going. So at the very end of it, we were exhausted. But now, like we said, looking back after 20 days, it's something that we're never gonna forget and uh, we could possibly go back as crazy as that sounds, really? um another season. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was a great experience. And I even twenty days out from it, mm-hmm. it was one of like we will never forget the experience we had down there, meeting the people, um, trying to trying to understand the science that goes <laughs> down, you know, goes on down there. Yeah. Um but it was just, it, it'll be something really awesome to reflect on, especially when we're older. And, mm-hmm. you know, who, who, who can say that they've been to Antarctica or they've lived there, <laughs> Live you know, there for an extended period of mm-hmm. amount of time? So I think it's, we, I, I really enjoyed my time down there.
0: Yeah. Has it changed any of your habits now with yes. technology?
2: So today is the very first time I went on Instagram since being back in the real world. And I used to be so addicted to my phone. And it's just so crazy how detached you get from your phone when it can't connect to the internet. I mean, who <laughs> knew that you could have a conversation with someone for an hour without looking at your phone? So um, it was just, its it's been kind of like shocking to come back into the real world and have your phone connected to the internet at all times because you're like, should I look at my phone? Wait, no, I don't need to. It's fine. You know, like, I know that information is at my fingertips at all times. Instagram stories are there at all times. Snapchat, Facebook, whatever, you know, whatever keeps you addicted to your phone, it's there. But I've actually been really trying not to look at it so much just because you can experience so much more with your eyes Mm -hmm. and with your ears and, um, you know, in the real world. So it's, it was a really good detox for the both of us, I think. And I, I'm trying to keep, keep that going. (laughs) Zach might be fully immersed back into social media life. I
1: love Instagram. I was missing (laughs) it after 20 days. Um, I am on my phone less now. I will say that, but it, uh, it, the thing that changed me the most is I am desiring those really, really, really deep connections with people and um, asking questions that are probably too forward, too quickly with um, people I'm meeting in New Zealand. And uh, I, I don't know, it's it's weird to not be able to have those conversations anymore, um, which might be the motivator for us to go back.
2: Yeah, cause you're yeah. Going, you know, you're going through such big experiences Mm -hmm. with the people you were working Mm -hmm. with down there and you're all going through it at the same time. Especially like first comer, you know, first timers Mm -hmm. like we were, this is our very first year going down there. Everybody was going through the like, wow, I haven't talked to my mom in five weeks Mm -hmm. because the internet won't work. (laughs) It just, it was interesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do you, uh, does it ever work? Like, can you ever get in touch (laughs) back home?
2: That's a serious uh, question. They, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. We laugh because it's it's funny. It doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they
1: they spent millions of dollars on internet, and it it does work. Um, it just depends on the connection and where the satellite dish is uh, above us. And yeah. so, I'd say it probably works eighty percent of the time. But by works, I mean it's as fast as internet was in the nineties. So
2: it slow. works, but it's just very slow. Yes, they do have. There's like one computer lab room where you can skype your family back home but like if you're doing it in the middle of the day when the population is at 1000 and everybody's using the internet at the same time you're not going to be able to have a good connection yeah, yeah So you'd have to like be in there at like 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. hoping that no one else is using the internet at the same time that you are so you can like see your mom or your grandma <laughs> on yeah. skype or on facetime it, yeah, it works, but just very slow. Yeah, And if
1: someone's <laughs> listening and they're like, I need internet, if you go in the winter time when it goes down to 300 people, they actually turn on Wi-Fi, which is unheard of for the summer crew. And you can stay in your room that's all your own and be on Wi-Fi and really live that hermit lifestyle that we were talking about. <laughs> <center. laughs> you
0: yeah. really desire the hermit lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine that being around the science changed some ideas that maybe you had in your head. I I assume a lot of the talks around climate change and I'm sure there's other things going on there. Did you witness any of the effects of climate change firsthand and that change anything about how you think about your travels?
2: Um, So a lot of the climate change research is actually done at the South pole station where we were not. Um, A lot of the science talks that we were given were about research directly happening at McMurdo station. So a lot of like, penguin talks and a lot of biology, um, type talks with like sea spiders and like what's going on with the marine life. But they did touch on, um, the Thwaites glacier, which is the most rapidly decreasing glacier in the entire world. And it's dumping like so much water into the ocean. And so that was a real, um, that was the talk that was most closely related to climate change. Um, I don't know if we necessarily saw anything in our environment, that was, you know, a clear like sign of climate change. Mm-hmm. The ice shelf, the ice shelf this year was very thin, and so it broke up and um, melted away qu- more quickly than in previous years. So that could be a sign of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think while you're down there, you're very aware of, you know, like what you're doing, where you are, and what you do with your waste. So Antarctica is a very um, recycle friendly environment, all of your food waste gets, um, you know, separated from other waste. And so you have this very, like, reuse, recycle, put waste where it needs to go type of, you know, environment. And so that was very interesting.
1: Everything that gets shipped out goes to California. So we can't leave anything on the continent based on the Antarctic Treaty. So there's about, when when you're in your dorm and you throw things away, you have one trash bin. But then when you go to actually dispose of it, you have 12 different trash bins that you can sort into that. And so now we're in New Zealand where we thought, You know, they would recycle, and it's hard to find recycling bins, let alone those 12 different trash cans we're really used to in these campgrounds. And so we we find ourselves trying to put things where they don't go, and uh, there's only one trash bin. And so I think the biggest thing that we learned was um, trying to recycle. But yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: or allocating your trash appropriately. We've been, we've kind of almost been like brainwashed into doing that. <laughs> um, and so it's, but in, in New Zealand they they do a good job of recycling. Mm-hmm. I think we're just programmed to be like, oh, where's the food waste bin? Oh, I don't, oh, they don't have one. That doesn't <laughs> exist here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but um. When we go back to America, I think it'll probably be pretty hard for us just because there's there's not that culture in America where you recycle, you know, like it's not always available in every restaurant or cafe that you're in. And so I think that'll probably be a bit of a struggle Knowing that the Thwaites Glacier is slowly melting. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and I think the glacier, it's, it's hard. The biggest thing, to answer your question, the biggest thing that we learned is how hard it is to actually do the research, how hard it is to get to the field. I mean, we had scientists come down and spend three weeks in the laboratory because they couldn't get out to their field because it was too icy to get there. The conditions were too rough. So the things that we do know are so limited, to what we could know if weather was just okay, and so that's that's to answer your question, yes, we we are the the knowledge we do have is is very small to what we could have if the weather was good enough to get the scientists where they need to go.
0: Yeah, it's so easy to kind of generalize these things in your head, right? If you haven't, I mean, this is what travel can open up, right? Like you get on the ground and then you're like, oh. I'm experiencing this now. It's not, you can't just like Mm -hmm. think, Oh, well yeah, they're just doing some science down there. Well, it's like now, you know, specifically (laughs) what that means, how challenging it is for scientists and all these things that really, maybe you could learn from a textbook, but it's quite difficult unless you witness these things firsthand. And uh, do you have any dilemmas around traveling and like, contributing to that in some way it's 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 a tricky thing i always i always struggle with this because i see so many benefits in travel but it's also there's obviously the negative side of being a part of that and then you could debate endlessly depending on your perspective but i'm just curious and like for you guys what what that means if anything
1: Yes, yes. Based on just surely on my friends back home and in the ability to get in your own bubble and really not pay attention to climate change, I think travel is very necessary to get out there and see things. I mean, just today we hiked 10 miles to a glacier at the bottom of Mount Cook. And there were lots of other people around us taking many pictures, and the glacier was melting, and it was very noticeable that it was melting, and these people are hopefully going to post those pictures to social media, and maybe that will spark an interest from someone else. And so if anything, travel really opens up your mind, not only for climate change, but to different cultures. And so I I think it is hard, you know, when you're buying a plane ticket and saying, it's not necessary for me to go there. But if you didn't go there, you would just be stuck in the same cycle, and you wouldn't ever have a different thought about how things could work and how the climate is actually changing. Um, You're just kind of stuck in the same bubble because you're not seeing things because you're not traveling.
2: Yeah. I think you can mean you could, like you said, you could argue it both ways. I see a lot of value in travel also, and I'm definitely like a better person for it. And I think I understand world problems more, especially when it comes to like, like the trash in the ocean, you know, (laughs) like we've seen it firsthand in Bali, there's trash in the ocean. This is a problem. You know, like this is definitely hurting our ecosystem. Yes, we do feel kind of guilty that you know, like it takes a lot of jet fuel for those planes to be traveling across countries mm-hmm. and across the world. Um, but when you talk about like um, sustainably traveling, a lot of the options that are available are unfortunately really, really expensive, and so for us, it's not feasible at this time. But maybe in the future, we would try to try to travel in a more sustainable way. Mm-hmm.
0: So what, what are you guys doing right now? Why don't you fill people in? So you've been 20 days off. You're in New Zealand. What's happening? Uh, <laughs> what's happening?
1: um we are basically doing the great new zealand road trip of the south island and so we started in christchurch and then we went across to the west coast and just enjoyed the tropics that were over there and the beach and then we cut across the mountains again and did um some big hikes in the mountains of new zealand and then we went down to queenstown and enjoyed life on the water before coming back north and stopping on mount cook stopping by Mount Cook on the way to Christchurch to now go to Australia, tomorrow going to Australia, to officially hit our fifth continent. And uh, a lot of people say Oceania is a – continent and i don't know if you're on that side or not um, it's
2: debatable yeah is
1: is it just australia or is new zealand included in that um so yes tomorrow we'll hit our fifth continent and um, be in australia for 20 days um, before going to the great barrier reef um which talking about climate change is currently changing um so we're trying to get there before you know um
2: before it's gone
1: yeah before it's gone and so we are looking at tour companies now that are sustainable and that help out the environment and um we're not going to wear sunscreen because we don't want to mess up <laughs> any any of the reef and so we're just going to have a uh, really thick wetsuits that will keep us protected from the sun yeah <laughs> how did you like new zealand
2: oh we loved it oh uh, my gosh it's so beautiful here
1: oh, i think it's
2: <laughs> oh you should definitely do it, it oh, i am I, I going
0: to i'm waiting for it
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: so so i think we were going from looking at the same ice shelf for five months you know looking at the same thing it was beautiful it was spectacular but looking at the same thing and then you come here and you you have a car you have your own wheels and you can like actually take yourself where you want to go everything's
1: green and blue gosh and orange
2: why is every lake in new zealand turquoise like (laughs) how is that even possible it is so miraculous and special and beautiful and we i don't know i think we were kind of on the side of like well new zealand's kind of an expensive place to be you know i you know it gets a lot of hype for being beautiful but is it it that really Mm -hmm. beautiful yes it is that beautiful we are so happy to have been able to rent a car, and tour around the South Island. We hear the North Island's nice, but the South Island especially is beautiful. (laughs) Um, And we're sad to be leaving tomorrow for Australia, but well, just to be leaving New Zealand behind, but we're pretty excited for Australia.
0: (laughs) I know it's what time now there? Almost 2.30 in the morning or something? (laughs) Yeah, 2.30 in the morning. (laughs) I can't thank you guys enough for taking the time to, to first of all write in the first place and then to come on the show and share your story and share all your travel tips and also stay up so late. I don't know, are you night owls or are you uh not not usually? <laughs> no.
2: No, 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 not, not usual. You, you are worth
1: it. I <laughs> mean, that's way past so your you bedtime. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we want to thank you so much for letting us come on your show. This is
1: a euphoric yeah. feeling being able to, you know, listen to you for almost yeah. four years and, and now finally get to talk to you. So thank you for taking the time.
0: Oh, um, I'm honored. Thank you so much. And, uh, you guys just want to share, uh, where everybody can find you and follow your adventures.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, YouTube is our primary. As you said, we're, um, currently posting all of our antarctica videos Uh, penguin videos how expensive is antarctica that's a really good one and a tour of the station and that's at peregrination is the word uh, p-e-r-e-g-r-i-n a-t-i-o-n and then our website is peregrination-travel that has blog posts on it and then our instagram is also peregrination-travel as well as facebook and those are the links you can find us at
0: yeah. And you can also see how they almost froze camping in Antarctica. There's a video. On that too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, it's cool because you can get um, e- e- an idea of what life was like down there with the visuals. I mean, after listening to this, if your curiosity is peaked and you're like, all right, I see a little more about what it's like to live with a thousand people in Antarctica. Well, you can just uh, check out the vlog and and see it for yourself so awesome well i'd love to stay in touch and uh let me know if you come through one of the most expensive areas in the world where i live <laughs>
2: <in> Norway,
0: because <laughs> it would be yeah. great to meet up maybe we'll see you somewhere out there on the road yeah
2: absolutely
0: thank you so much for taking the time mm-hmm. thanks guys and good night and sleep tight
2: thanks <sighs> you too <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> There you
0: have it. Hope you enjoyed listening in on my conversation with the lovely, the kind, the sweet Zach and Leah. I am proud and excited to call them new friends. And I really appreciate their time emailing me and coming on to share their knowledge on Antarctica with you. I mean, what do you think? Are you looking for a unique way to spend some months? Are you starting to hunt around For jobs in Antarctica, maybe considering some different ways. You may just want to pop over for a visit at some point. These these episodes always get me so excited. You know, places I haven't been. I get. I'm getting the chills just talking about. I get. You get that. You get that feeling. You know that feeling. You know that feeling. I'm talking about the feeling of oh, that feeling when you get out of the plane, finally get through the airport, and you taste the air and start hearing the sounds and seeing the sights of a new place. I mean, I can just, I can think of so many times I can think back to, you know, first time landing in South America, in Peru, you know, landing in Costa Rica and getting on the bus from the airport. First time in Central America. I could just think of these moments when I step out of the airport and uh, there's that, it's it's exhilarating that you got the whole trip ahead of you. You don't know what's going to happen Everything's sort of open, and uh, man, what a feeling. I just wanted to take you there for a moment because, hey, I know we're all grounded right now, but that doesn't mean, you know, That's what not that one of the most beautiful things about our minds? We can travel in time. We can go places in our minds. I think I went to, uh, (laughs) I was playing with my daughter today. I went to a magical fairy forest. We were dancing around, putting on an ice show. Hey, I'll go anywhere in my mind, y'all. I'll go anywhere. uh, Just... Let's, hey, let's take a trip. Um, I've taken many trips today. I'm going to take many more. And, you know, if we're not traveling right now, let's still take those mind trips and be grateful for all the travel experiences we have had. And hold on to that. Enjoy those memories. Let's not uh, worry so much about the traveling we're not doing right now. Hopefully, you know, we're all just healthy and staying safe and keeping everybody else uh, healthy as well, so yeah. Just sending you mad love wherever you're at in uh, in this uh, crazy new world and this journey. Um, I'm always just sending you love here from Z2T headquarters. And uh, anyway, so hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, I got to give a shout out to Julia. Thank you, Julia. I know I haven't had a chance to email you back yet because. Uh, It's daddy daycare over here right now. I have two small kids and I'm uh, spending my days watching them and doing things like this at night. Uh, So I'm sorry. I have been a little bit of a slacker on the email. But anyway, she dropped me a line and the subject was greetings from a fellow Philadelphian. And she spelled fellow with a Ph, just like Philadelphia. I thought that was clever. She said, hi, Jason, how are you? My name is Julia, and I am not only an avid listener of your podcast, but also a fellow Philadelphian. I'm 23 years old and grew up an hour... North of the city in Bucks County, I'm currently living in the city to finish my semester, my final semester at St. Joe's University. Wanted to tell you how grateful I am for the podcast and the amazing information and inspiration I have absorbed like a sponge. I am head over heels in love with traveling. It is all I think about, and I spend more time on Google Flights than any other website. That I can assure you. (laughs) So during this stay-at-home order, I'm going crazy thinking about what I want to do and where I want to fly off to as soon as the world is in the clear. This need for travel... Feels insatiable. But then I started really diving into your podcast, and gratefully, I found my travel bug cure. I used to listen to them on my commutes, but with all the time in the world indoors now, I'm listening to them all the time. For that, I thank you. Your podcast never ceased to inspire, and I am dreaming bigger than ever before. So, wow, what nice <laughs> things to say. And um, yeah, she shared some of her travel resume. She did semester at sea. Uh, she's done a lot of uh, cool traveling to really cool places. So I did want to say thank you to Julia for taking me back to my home in Bucks County. That's where I grew up actually. The same county as you. I grew up in Newtown, which is in Bucks County outside of Philadelphia. Julia had a couple questions here. Uh, She asked me if I was originally from the city or the suburbs. I just answered that. And if I travel back to Philadelphia often, yes, I try to, to see my family at least once a year. And my favorite cheesesteak spot, hmm, it's kind of always shifting, but, you know, if if it's like between Pat's and Geno's, which are kind of the... uh, the the famous ones, and I would be more of a Pat's guy than a Geno's guy. But uh, I like gym's on South Street. To be honest with you, so there you go. I will add that my favorite thing to get in Philadelphia is Santucci's tomato pie. It is so good. It's basically a pizza without the mozzarella cheese, which to me, it sounds insane, right? Like, who wants a pizza without the mozzarella cheese? But it's, it's just, it is heavenly. It's so good. So anyway, get a tomato pie if you're visiting Philadelphia. Okay, let me leave you with a quote. I'm going into the drawer where I have some random quotes from a little Zen calendar I have. I'm going to flip through the pages that are still intact when <laughs> I left last year for a period of months. I'm pulling one out here. It's from Mahatma Gandhi who said, Ours will only then be a truly spiritual nation when we shall show more truth than gold, greater fearlessness than pomp of power and wealth, greater charity than love of self. There you go. Thank you so much for hanging with me today. Hope you enjoyed the show, and I will see you next time, my friends. Sign up over at ZeroToTravel.com, by the way, if you want to keep in touch off the podcast or send me an email, Jason at ZeroToTravel.com. Would love to hear from you. All right. Take care. Peace and love. This podcast has been brought to you by
2: ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.